gonna have a real good time together. We're gonna have a real good time together. We're gonna laugh and dance and shout together. We're gonna have a real good time together. Na 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 Hangover. Yeah. Well, anyway, this time it's me and John uh, again uh, doing another fall episode. And we were talking about doing this one for a while because it's the, uh, well, it's the first fall album. Yes, it's live at the Witch Trials. First fall album. Um, what's... Uh, yeah, it's an extraordinary record, isn't it? I think it's so much better than I remembered. And I like it better than a lot of the other early fall records, even. I don't know, do you feel that way? Yes, I do. I think, honestly, if I had to choose one fall record, and I could only have... It would be this one. One out, out of all of them? Yeah, out of all of them. I kind of think that it is, uh, it's a good choice. It's like... Um, I don't know, it's a weird thing, because I feel like this record, which came out, what, in 78? 79, actually. Okay. It came it out in... recorded 78? It was recorded late 78, December, I think, and it came okay. out in the spring, and then Dragnet came out only about six months later, which sounded completely different, of course. They're completely opposite. The production's very spare on this. It's very light-sounding. The instruments are all separated. You can hear them all individually. And what really adds to the charm is that really tinny, the off crowdy well, the piano. Sound. Oh, the I piano. Was, well, the the, 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 the the cheap electric piano that Yvonne Paulet plays. Yes, that's a, an iconic part of the record. <laughs> I think that the whole sound kind of hinges on that shitty electronic keyboard, and the these gotta be like some of the most like infamously badly recorded drums ever. Oh yeah. The snare sounds like a bucket, it, but it has a, a consistency through the whole record where it's like super prominent. And I love the drumming. Yeah, and all instruments are worthy of mention. I love the way Martin Brahma plays guitar, where he's just, he only plays the high notes. Yeah, it's true. And, and the the bass is what holds it all together. And Mike, Mark Riley was only 16 when they made it. Wow. How old was... Smith? Smith. 20, 22 perhaps. They put out a bunch of singles first, of, of course. At which, least two. Which ones? Bingo Masters, Breakout. Right. And uh, it's the new thing. BW various times. But it, it, it sounds different from those two. I mean, it, it, it kind of has a childlike sound to it. Nothing else sounds like it. There's an edgy but childlike kind of quality to it. The The rock songs on it which are pretty much every song is just a rock song it's so they're so good I mean Frightened the first track 
Well, it's an extraordinary it's way to start a record. It's a perfect song. I mean, it's a it's really amazing. <laughs> Out of the gate, first record by a band. It sounds like he's been doing it forever. Well, I mean, it's a strange way to start a record. I mean, it's a kind of admission. I mean, it's about speed paranoia. It's an admission of vulnerability. I got shears pointed straight at my chest. Uh, what is it? What's that yeah. great line? Um, I'm a, I feel trapped by yeah, mutual attraction. Yeah, I feel attraction. trapped by mutual affection. I don't know I how don't, to use freedom. Yeah, I mean, that's that, an incredible admission. Both of those together are so good. Uh, no, there's so many good lyrics on it. What do you say? I run away from toilets and, and feces. feces. I run away from toilets and feces. I run away to a non-date <laughs> on the street. Is that the lyric? Yeah, I run away to a non-date on the street. To a non-date. But I appear at midnight when the films close. I run away to a non-date on the street. Because I'm in a trance and I... Yeah, it didn't occur to me that it was all about to... speed until I read the lyrics. He says, says amphetamine, amphetamine frightened. frightened. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like uh, Waves of Fear by Lou Reed. I don't know that one. You don't know that one? I don't don't know any Lou Reed records after Coney Island Baby, I don't think. Well, it's in the 80s. It's from the Blue Mask. But it's a... a I mean, it's after this. Um, Uh, It's easily one of the best songs on the record, but that makes it, I think, by default, one of my favorite fall songs because it's one of the best. Oh, yeah. It, it, never, it never gets tired. It always sounds fresh. As a lyricist, he's, you know, so young, but it's, most lyrics, when you read them on a sheet of paper, on a record sleeve or whatever, printed out, they read like shit. But his stuff actually even sounds even better when you read it on paper. Yeah, that's true. He I, I never had the, he never would, 
I printed it on a record sleeve, of course. The way that he delivers lines is... Uh, I, I think it comes out fully formed, something about the fall as a, as an idea is is that it doesn't need to be written down like that like like him delivering it is the way that it's supposed to be processed it's not really uh no it's you not can't meant. separate it from no. the way that he says it and in interviews i think he said something about like uh like i'm not a good singer but i know it's good <laughs> Like, and he was talking about it, it was an interview from around this time, I think, um, which was really interesting for the way he was talking about rock music. He says, my attitude is that we are rock and roll and no other fucker is like if you get down to basics of rock and roll, if you go back to the mid 50s, those bands had the right attitude. And then he says uh, something, he's just talking about like they don't have the spirit, most of the bands. But I guess what he's getting down to, and this is a reference, he's talking about the title track where he says R&R. Yeah, I still believe in the R&R dream. Which is, uh, yeah, I think that what he's getting down to is something that he, he is apparent on the at first uh, listen of the first song is... Uh, that it is more about attitude than it is about anything else. Yeah, well, in that song, Frightened, I mean, it's true. I mean, if you, if you, when, you, when the pubs closed in England, you know, during the 70s and 80s, and probably still now, you had to watch your back. Why? I mean, it's, a, it's a barbaric place. I mean, you know, violence in England as opposed to over here is a sport. I mean, people just want to beat the shit out of you just because they don't like the way you look. Especially back then when tribalism was so rampant. I mean, that doesn't really exist anymore. You know, punks, skinheads, teds. What, what, is the, what was the teddy boy thing? <laughs> teds, uh, mods, what have you. Teds? Oh, they, they dressed in Edwardian clothes and listened to um, rock and roll, you know, rockabilly. What a weird and fucking I place. Was, I don't know if they even exist anymore, but they did during my nunnage. Uh, there were people, like, doing that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'd see them around, gangs of them. There were terrible f scraps on the King's Road between punks and teddy boys. Um, I'm sure they were mostly initiated by the tides. Really? Yeah, I mean, they, they wore these things called drapes. So they were these suits, um, these Edwardian, very colourful Edwardian suits with ruffs and Yeah. What have they, you. And like, they had, their hair was... Like Austin Powers? Mm, sort of. Uh, they sound horrible. They were kind of frightening. It was a very English phenomenon. Yeah, no, I see. I mean, they've had the uh, quiffs. Yeah, they call them. Yeah, it was a huge subculture at the time. They had their own pubs and clubs and what have you. I think the only people who dress like this now are Japanese guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that sentiment that he expresses in "frightened" is very true to the time. I mean, you would really have to watch your back. I guess that's what I'm getting at with the attitude remark, is just that it's it is a vulnerable song, but it's it's addressing that, it's addressing fear and vulnerability with a sense of uh, ownership and uh, and attitude. 
that kind of folds it into something. Yeah, but it has that line, I'm better than them and I think I'm the best. Yeah, I'm better than them and I think I'm the best. Yeah, it's sort of the inadequacy, grandiosity. Like you might scare me, um, but it doesn't mean that you are better than me. Yeah. It reminds me of one of the great quotes by Marky Smith that a lot of people were, like his version of enjoy every sandwich. That's Warren Zevon. Yeah, but like his thing, (laughs) there's like the, the quotable thing from... Marky Smith, besides like the stupid fucking bongos and your granny quote, mm-hmm. is uh, that he says, fear is something I try not to absorb. Yeah, that's good. It's a great quote. Yeah. It's something that I refer back to in time.